Cool. Okay. All right, I'll start. <clears throat> hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Honest Pod with me, Ashley McAllister. And me, Matthew Ali. And today we've got also... Doug Sango. Doug, could you could you say your surname again? Because I can never pronounce it, and in my head I pronounce it differently than what I think it actually is. It's Stango. It's an odd one. If you come across another one, then basically uh, they are either a blood relative or one of us has married them. Ah, okay, okay. Well, that's interesting. St- say it again. Stag- Stango. Stango. That's oh, like it. you like, got it. Like I like Danjo. Or banjo? No. No, kind of like Vango. Yeah, it's basically tango with an S at the start and an E at the end. Oh, nice. Oh, there we go. I do like the tango. Are you any good at the tango? Can you dance? Um, I've never tried, but given my... I say no. (laughs) uh, ...abilities in any other dance whatsoever, I'm going to go with no. Oh, man. Yeah, I'd say that's believable. Yes. Have you seen him I've dance? Never, I've, ne- I've never, but I just, I could, you know, I could just tell. I can just tell. Oh, wow. Your yeah. powers of perception are absolutely spot on with that one. That's so weird, actually, because oh. your normally so poor otherwise. <laughs> anyway, everyone, this is episode 74. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. Um, so, yeah. Well, I, as everyone knows, we have got a guest on the show today. And the reason is, in a little bit, we'll be talking about um, some medical related stuff. And rather than me have my opinion and Matt have his opinion, we just thought we'd have, you know, a professional <laughs> on giving their opinion as well. Because, um, you know, that makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, I think so. I, I, well, I don't know. It doesn't really go with our theme. We tend to like to talk about things we know nothing about, make ridiculous statements. So, I don't know. Give Credibility is a bit awful, overrated. We also give awful, awful advice medically. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Doug, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, so, my name's Doug. I'm an anaesthetic and intensive care doctor at um, a South London teaching hospital. I don't know. Am I allowed to say it? It's King's College. Um, and I'm about to go and do a shift at work pretty much as soon as we've done this. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll record a little bit, then we'll talk about our topic and then mm-hmm. Dr. Dog might skedaddle because uh, yeah, I'm probably going to have to, uh, bow out of this at some point, but we're good for now. Cool. Sweet. Cool. Cool. Well, everyone well, you know, how was your weeks? Matt, how was your week? I, I don't know. I feel a bit um, embarrassed to say it in front of Dr. Doug because I feel like Ooh. our weeks have been quite different. <laughs> um, but my week has been quite quiet overall. Um, so, Dr. Doug, you might not know, but um, I've been placed on furlough as part of my job. So, I work in hospitality. Um, okay. So, at the moment, I'm not working. So, mm-hmm. my days are kind that. of filled. Um, well, do you know what? It was, it was quite difficult to start. It, like, I've never not worked. I've always had a job since I was, like, really kind of 13. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the first, like, significant time where I've not been working. So, like, it was a bit hard at the start. And now I'm starting to find my groove, which is, like, I don't know, find little... Like, I always... I've got, like, old people things to do. Like, I'll clean this little thing here or, like, I don't know, 
make this or whatever. Um, but this week's been quite good. Uh, I finished... Have Actually, you've seen this. Has anyone seen... Um, well, have you seen The Assassination of Gianni Versace? Yes. I've seen it advertised. I haven't actually watched it. Oh, my days. So we finished it this week, and it's ridiculously good. It's so good, but it's fucking deep. Like, it just... I hope it's not too much of a spoiler, but it just ends really sadly. It kind of just ends, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, well, that was shit. Um, but they talk about the person who assassinated Gianni Versace, Andrew um, Cunanan, and he was on the like FBI's top one, like top one watch list, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I went online to look at like the top watch list. Now, has anyone seen the top ten, the, the FBI's top ten most wanted list before? Um, I think I looked at it when um, there was sort of members of Al Qaeda, and they awarded them like uh, various playing cards as to how much they were wanted. And the value oh, really? of the playing card represented... I'm sure this is right. Maybe it's completely wrong. But the value of the playing card represented the seniority of the Al-Qaeda member. Oh, wow. But this was some time ago. I'm probably showing my age here. Like a top oh, trump card? Literally like that, only with playing cards. So there was like the ace of spades and the rest of it. Um, and the more valuable the playing card was, the more val- was correlated to the value of the Al-Qaeda member. Oh, wow. <laughs> you should have a look at, like, because there's like, different categories, and they have, like, the top 10 most wanted, and then they have them into, like, um, acts against, like, children and minors and things like that. But it's mm-hmm. fucking wild, like, how long people have been gone missing for. Um, they're still chasing people, and they're still on the top 10 most wanted on certain different categories. So it's, like, the late 80s. And I'm like, that is madness that these people are still out there, and they've just, like, ran away. Because I feel like at some point... I don't know. These people will get caught. I feel like, I feel like in life, like you can only if you're if you're on the run. At some point, you'll get caught. Now, you know that maybe that's true, or maybe these people have passed away. I don't know. Um, but these people are still out on the run, and they always always say that they like pretty much see them. Somehow they've got to Mexico, and um, you should have a look. You should definitely have a look because it's fucking madness. And people are just killing their families. This one guy had killed his child his wife and burnt down their house and then went out to live in the woods and they can't find him. And this was uh, 2001. And it's well, ridiculous. They have to like, yeah, it is mental. I was just, I was on the, like setting off this podcast, I was running a bit late. Cause I just thought, I thought, let me just have another look before we come on. And I was engrossed. I was absolutely engrossed. I just, I'm going to look again after this. Um, probably not at night. Cause I feel like that'll add to my stress, but <laughs> yeah. Because no. you don't know who's lurking outside your your doors. Your doors and your 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 living room are so. You know, anybody could be in that garden looking through those walls over over, over into you, watching. You have no idea around here, bro. Like literally. Mm. But um, so that was the extent of my week. I was just uh, trolling the internet on FBI. Uh, top ten most wanted, I'd say. Um, yeah, and a lot a lot of PS4. I will say that. And I bought a Switch, which is good. I went on for a while. What about you, Doug? Yeah, it's been okay. So um, it's just been at work, really. Um, obviously, I'm uh, not getting furloughed at the moment. I've probably got very fortunate in that I've got one of the most secure jobs there is um, because of everything that's going on. So um, just been doing some work. Did have a couple of days off, which was great. Just uh, hung out with my other half. And um, yeah, there's been some nice-ish weather earlier on in the week. Uh, so we made the most of that during a government-sanctioned 
minimal exercise close to your home. Uh, that's kind of been it. There's been one or two Zoom conversations with friends. Um, yeah, I guess that's uh, probably true for quite a lot of people, though. Yeah, it's mad times. It is. It is crazy. Um, we've we, we've debated recently on the podcast talk about how 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 ethically right it is to maybe bend the rules a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, mm-hmm. I would go to a certain spot and go for a walk, and a friend would join me there. Where we'd keep our social distancing, like we'll still keep two two meters apart. It's not mm-hmm. crowded. It's like a pretty. Is that, I mean, in your opinion, is that bad or is that good? It's a very difficult one to answer. There are always going to be reasons why people have to get out. The big one at the moment is what if you're in a domestic violence situation and for your own safety you have got to get out. Um, Mm. They're kind of extreme examples. I don't really have the answer to it. I think that the the advice at the moment um, is you don't go outside unless it is for limited exercise or it is essential. Um, what constitutes essential is is variable. Now, if you're saying that you're having some sort of um, mental health crisis, to, to be a little bit extreme, and seeing a friend is necessary, and you take steps to socially distance, then that may be considerably more allowable than if you went and had a party with twenty five people indoors, um, where you yeah. were. You know, the, the, there's, there's a breadth of what's acceptable and what's not here. Um, I mean, and I think that the confusion clearly over what the police, some police forces were regarding as certain activities acceptable and others were saying that they weren't kind of underlines how difficult the interpretation is. But I think it, in itself, you just reduce as far as you can your contact with other people because that's really the only way at the moment that we will get this virus under control. The virus has nowhere to hide. It can only really exist in humans. And mm. when you've got the virus, one of two things will happen. You will clear it or it will kill you. Both of those outcomes result in the death of the virus. So the only way the virus can perpetuate itself is by spreading into other people. And that's why there's so much emphasis on reducing social contact and sort of driving the R naught down to below zero, squashing the sombrero and all the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, because um, you said just before that you live, um, I, I don't think I live too far away from you, so I live in Shadwell. Um, okay, no, not too far at all. No one, and there's this place called Watney Market, um, which is like just one road from where I live. And yeah. uh, I went to the shop yesterday to get some essential instant noodles because I was starving mm-hmm. and uh, it was so busy like I mean there were groups of people standing there chatting and I was like this is outrageous I'm sure this is not okay mm-hmm. like the, and this is Saturday so the market wasn't there there were just groups of people there some of them were face masks some were not and they were just there having a good old time and yesterday was a lovely day here like around here but I just thought that was a bit much I, I didn't think it was okay personally in my humble opinion if people really, really want to go out, then I can, I'm sure I could probably arrange for them to come and watch some people suffocate in a hospital because that's <laughs> kind of what is happening at the moment. Um, also, we've massively expanded our mortuary capacity and they could go there for a wander if they really oh want to. Oh my goodness. Um, so and maybe then they will see that, yes, this is absolutely awful and it's doing everyone's nut in. But there is oh, a good reason for this. And 
the faster we get on top of this, the faster we get out the other side. Like we said, we brought Dr. Doug in to talk about a medical thing. Strangely enough, even though we did talk about it there for a little bit, we didn't actually want to talk about um, Corona and breaking the rules, which I have done. We actually, um, there was an article posted um, uh, yesterday, and it was talking about how, you know, in an attempt to help treat people with COVID-19, um, they're using plasma from patients who have recovered from the virus uh-huh. as a way of helping is it the would you say is antibodies is that what you, is that yeah that so the idea is um that if you get the plasma so plasma being the blood is essentially a mixture of various things and plasma is the sort of straw colored fluid which has um various proteins in it that the red cells and the white cells and the platelets are sort of suspended in so you get some mm. blood from someone who's gotten over coronavirus and you extract the plasma and you can use the plasma or more specifically the antibodies that that person has raised against the coronavirus when they've been uh, infected themselves and use that plasma to try and help somebody who is currently infected. It's not, With- we, it's, a tr- it's a trial, it's not, we don't know that this is gonna work. It might not make a blind bit of difference, but it's a trial that's uh, going on at the moment. Yeah, well, in theory, it sounds great, and hopefully mm-hmm. it does produce the right sort of effect. But the, the point of the article was, and maybe the headline is a bit sensational, but the headline says, gay and, bise- gay and bisexual men to be excluded from the COVID-19 plasma trial. So it is a trial, but regardless of um, what stage it's at, I think the headline and the article very much focused on that gay and bisexual men who have had the virus and recovered their plasma is they, they can't donate their plasma and they they are the article points out that it's in line with um the laws or the rules around donating blood correct so i posted on my facebook this morning and, and dr dog very kindly um gave us medical uh, well yeah <laughs> um but i i i and it genuinely is a learning point for me it's not mm. I, I have my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's not um, what he said before. It, that she didn't say it was a learning. He was like, "I don't agree." <laughs> I, whatever, what anyone argues with me, I'm going to disagree. I will. No, disagree. It, it is. You know, I'm not. I'm. I'm not a doctor. I'm very wise, and you know, in, in many other different fields. But I am. Um, I'm not a medical trained doctor, so you know, some of some of the thoughts that go in my head aren't logically right. So, um, in my opinion, I'll just put it out there at the start. I think this is either indirectly or, um, yeah, indirectly or directly homophobic. And what I want to do is get Doug on, onto the podcast, talk about it, explain his medical opinion, why it is. Dr. Doug, go for it. What do you, what do you think? I mean, th- th- my opinion is it is homophobic to say that. But then I also think the laws for blood are also homophobic. Okay, so just before I get into the, the, the meat and potatoes of, of your, your point, and thank you very much for inviting me on to um, sort of share my opinion on this, and it's my opinion, it's not necessarily everyone's by any means at all. Um, 
I'm sort of talking, I don't actually know the specific inclusion and exclusion criteria of this trial. So I'm talking quite generically about blood donation law as it stands in this country or blood donation rules as it stands in this country mm. ra rather than specifically for the trial which has given rise to your, your question. Um, mm -hmm. That's fair. So the reason that we... There actually is no ban at all on gay men giving blood and there has been no ban at all in place since 2011. There are restrictions for everyone on who can and cannot donate blood. So whether you're gay, straight, bi, black, white, male, female, whatever, if you have been abroad to a high-risk country in the last four months, you are not allowed to give blood. If you have seen a dentist um, for treatment, not just for a beer, you're in the last week, you're not allowed to give blood. If you've had a piercing or a tattoo for three months, you're not allowed to give blood. And if you are a man who has had sex with a man in uh, specifically oral or anal sex in the last three months, then you're not allowed to give blood. And the reason for that is because people generally say, well, why can't you just test the, uh, the blood that's being donated and make sure that the donor doesn't have HIV or hepatitis C or another bloodborne virus that we're trying to stop getting into uh, infecting someone else, infecting a patient? is because when you are early on in your infection with HIV, you can mm -hmm. be very, very heavily infected and you can still have a negative test. And that's because when we test for HIV, we don't test for the virus itself. We test for the antibodies that your immune system has raised against the virus. That can take up to three months. And that's why there is a, a, a time limit on when... Mm -hmm on men who have had sex with men that they need to have abstained for three months before they can donate blood. It's purely about patient safety. And there's yeah. history to this. There's uh, probably one of the biggest healthcare scandals, certainly in the last century. So there's a condition which a lot of people will have heard about, but just in case people haven't, uh, I'll go through it a tiny bit, if that's okay, called haemophilia. And basically it's a bleeding disorder because it only affects men and they have a genetic situation whereby they don't produce one of the proteins which is involved in blood clotting. And the way we used to treat this was we used to collect the, uh, this particular protein from donated blood and then we'd give it to haemophiliacs and it would transiently stop the problem. Now. In the sort of 70s and 80s, they didn't restrict the donor pool. Um, we didn't put the safeguards in that we now have. And we infected thousands, literally thousands of people with HIV. By the time mm. we realized what had happened, a lot of them had already infected their partners. So this is a scandal of epic proportion and it was absolutely and completely avoidable. When we finally realised what we'd done as doctors, as scientists, we then put in the lifetime ban on anyone who's ever had sex with them, any man who's ever had sex with a man from donating blood. That was lifted in 2011. Yep. But because we still can't tell if someone has HIV when they're very early on in their infection, we have this restriction saying that if, you've, uh, if you're a man who's had sex with a man in the last three months, you have to wait until you're out of that window, as it were. 
so that we can tell if you, you've got HIV. Um, it doesn't, it's a blunt tool and I accept it's a blunt tool and I accept certainly from the responses that some of the people that I got from when I essentially said what I've just said now on your, your Facebook post, um, yeah. that people take offence at it. Um, it's effective. It has made blood donation safe and this disaster of um, infecting lots and lots of people with HIV and hepatitis C has been, uh, we, we haven't had a recurrence of that. No, and I think it is good. And I think when it comes down to the argument about um, like LGBT equality versus the health and safety of everyone, not just LGBT, like, because, you know, people who get um, blood transfers are anyone, regardless of your sexuality. Um, so it, it, I can under, I totally understand that. To me, I guess, where it still comes across as a very indirectly homophobic mm -hmm. um, sort of response is that, you know, you're, you're saying it's men who have sex with men. Obviously, men who have sex with men are either going to be uh, gay or bisexual or somewhere on that LGBT yeah. spectrum. Um, so it, it is sort of, it is targeted towards that. Um well, but if you look at if you if you, sorry, just bear with me a second. Sure. If you look at the if you bear, look at the statistics of two thousand like two thousand eighteen statistics, out of the four thousand four hundred fifty three men who were diagnosed with HIV, or I'm not sure if it was men actually, four thousand four hundred fifty three people diagnosed with HIV, fifty one percent were gay or bisexual, so that means forty nine yeah. percent identified as straight. So to me, mm -hmm. the 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 difference or the so in the modern world that we live in, I can yeah. understand historically that sure. um, gay men would have had a higher risk of you know spreading HIV through these means. Mm -hmm. But with, in 2018, in the modern world, it doesn't seem like the percentage difference of gay or bisexual men who are catching HIV versus straight people are catching HIV, that it sort of warrants this sort of, I don't know, I see unfair... where you're coming from. But you're, what you're doing is you're confusing two different epidemiological attributes here incidence and prevalence so i i have no issue at all. i don't know the statistic but i have absolutely no issue with you saying that there are probably approximately as many um in the uk new infections in gay men as in straight people um, or straight men the issue is that once you become infected with hiv you're not just, so incidence is the number of new infections per unit time. So incidence would be there were X number of infections over the last year. Prevalence would be the amount of the population who've got it. So they may have got it 10 years ago, they may have got it a month ago, they may have got it, it's this sort of the pool of infection. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And overwhelmingly, um, the burden of disease in the UK is it, with regards to HIV is in gay men um, and that's because of the historical factors because historically in this country it's a totally different story in like sub-Saharan Africa where it's not predominantly spread and never has been predominantly been spread by um, gay sex between men it's mm. much more of a heterosexual condition but in this country it has historically been spread by gay men and as a result of that the burden of disease is in gay men and that's why they have these restrictions in place um, the dynamics may well have changed latterly 
Um, in fact, they almost certainly had. In fact, I, what I last heard was that more heterosexual people acquired it than gay people. But because of the years gone by where the amount of disease being spread was overwhelmingly amongst gay men, the pool mm. of infection, the prevalence is much higher in gay men. And that's why they uh, put these sort of restrictions. It's not an issue about gay men donating their blood. It's only those gay men who we wouldn't be able to pick up that they have HIV. I mean, you're absolutely right. If a straight person contracts HIV by whatever means, then they could potentially slip through the net. Um, but when you look at the numbers and the statistics, it's far more likely that that will happen with a gay man than it would with a straight person. Um, but we get around that by saying you just need to wait for three months. There is a task force. I had a quick look at the NHS Blood and Transplant website, which is trying to basically get rid of this kind of catch-all, this effective but very blunt tool saying any man who's had sex with a man in the last three months can't donate blood about trying to individualise it a bit. Because there is a very reasonable argument amongst gay men, one that I do sympathise with. You know, somebody who's gone off on a, a, a lad's holiday to Thailand and has had multiple unprotected sexual exposures with commercial sex workers, prostitutes. Mm. And then you've got a gay guy who is sexually active but with a monogamous relationship. Then I know whose blood I'd rather have if it were me. And mm. there are sort of efforts to try and individualise it. But as it stands, we're not there yet. And the way that we protect people is by saying gay men are absolutely welcome to donate blood. I think the 2011 change in the law was far too late. It could have happened years earlier. But they yeah. have to say, or they have to have not had sex with another man for the last three months, just so that if they have contracted the infection, that we can recognise that and prevent their blood from entering the donor system and causing infections in other people. Yeah, hundred percent. The 2011 ban was the change from the lifetime ban to the one. The 20 ban. exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was when and they started. I think they did it initially. They said for a year that you had to have been yeah. abstinent from uh, sex for a year, yeah. and then they changed that latterly. I don't know when they changed it, but that's now been cut down to three months. Yeah, 2017 um, they changed that. Actually, the law. 2017 they changed it in England and Wales, and actually only last week it was passed in Northern Ireland. So in, as of 2020 in Northern Ireland, you can now wait three months, even though it doesn't become active until June, but it's now three months, like the rest of the UK. So, um, um, I just wanted to ask a couple of questions. Go, go, go. If that's okay. One thing is, why dentists after a week? I don't know, actually, for the dentist. I couldn't, I was thinking this myself. Um, I can understand why if you've had a tattoo or a piercing, it's the same reason. Um, I'm not too sure what it is about the dentist. Um, I, I don't work in, um, mm. I'm not a haematologist, I'm not an immunologist. I don't quite know what their, their reasoning for that. But I do know that if you've had dental treatment within the last week, you are excluded from giving blood until that week has gone up. Okay. That is, that's, that's mad. Yeah. Mm. I'm interested. Um, and also, if you've been on holiday to a quite a long list of countries, then you are precluded from giving blood until four months after your return. And again, it's because of the viruses you could have picked up while you were abroad. Mm. Mm. Um, is, is it such a big difference? And you may be able to answer, I, I know that like, uh, medicine is really wide, but is there such a stark difference in testing the blood itself? Because you said you test like the antibodies of 
the production of that within the plasma. But what is like the difference in actually just testing the blood? Why is that possible? Um, well, you can test the blood for the virus, <laughs> but then you can. Some people who have HIV, they're sufficiently well treated that they have they're undetectable. So we can't. They still we know they're infected with HIV, but we can't actually detect the virus itself. So when we're looking at viral load, we don't. It, we can't detect the viral load at all. So the most sensitive way of picking up somebody who's got HIV is to look for the antibodies. But the problem with that, the sort of failing of that test, is that it takes you three months to start, or up to three months. Some people will raise antibodies much quicker than that. But from mm. getting infected to um, showing a positive test. And that's why if you go for a sexual health checkup, they will, when they take your sexual history over the last few months, they will generally warn you that any uh, sort of HIV infection you've picked up in the last three months will not show on that test. And if you are concerned about a particular encounter which has taken place within the last three months that you need to go back. And that's simply because you may have the infection but you don't have the evidence of the infection in the form of antibodies, which is what we're actually looking for when we test. Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, I, didn't, I wasn't too sure if it was like, for another reason that you weren't just testing the blood, but it's actually the best way to see it is through the antibodies because sometimes you whether you've got the infection or not, you cannot see it in the blood. Is that is that correct? Some that people right? can have very low viral loads, especially if they're yeah. on treatment, and mm. um, you can't really pick it up. So we look for uh, the, the antibodies to the, the virus rather than the virus itself. Okay, and then the last thing I wanted to ask actually is how does this affect um, transgender people? Because um, if someone self-identifies as, um, say, like a, a male to female um, transsexual, Mm -hmm. um, um, but giving blood says that if you have sex with a man as a man um, are there any grey areas when it comes to that or um, in this country do you identify as I am female I've got no a good idea question. that's a really good question and I actually don't know so I'm guessing here I'm guessing that if you have had the the part, there are a variety of reasons why men, gay men, have a higher risk of infection, and it relates to the sort of the biology, or part of it relates. There's there's social reasons as well, but part of it relates to the biology uh, of of sex. Um, the lining of the rectum is different to that of the vagina. It's not as robust. It's not as tough as it were. And it's thought that that may well be a portal of infection, which is more susceptible than sort of uh, vaginal sex. Receptive anal sex is probably the most high risk. Um, there's other factors which go into it as well. So how does this fit in with trans people? The answer is I don't really know. And because there are so many variables with the trans community, preoperative, mm. postoperative, which direction for want of a better expression that they are transitioning in um, that has to be considered I don't know and I don't know it, it must with a growing trans community I'm guessing it must come down to the fact that if you as a man your biological birth gender have had sex with a man then that's you um, with regards to this but I, I'm afraid I don't have a very good answer for what is a very good question. That's fair enough. I, I, yeah, I thought it was a bit out there to be fair, but it just never seems to address it. Like I know the article that Ashley put, mm. and as a as a like an openly gay man, I tend mm. to like 
gravitate towards articles that be like, gay men can't do this and we can't do that. But actually, I think there's a bit more to it, especially because um, we don't really have a term for people that were born, well, allocate, you know, assigned, I guess, a sex, but gender is a bit different than, or the other way around, I forget. Um, but I guess when you're born, if you were born with a certain set of chromosomes, then they will stay that way, regardless of whether you transition. Um, because then if you have sex, if you're not having anal sex, for example, because you are post-operative, then it might be slightly different. But then I don't know what the makeup of... Um, I don't know someone, what the risk... Yeah. What it will come down to is the risk of uh, HIV in a trans person. And I don't know what that is. Mm. Mm. But it did mention, actually, because, uh, you know, uh, it did mention as well, uh, I think what you'd written, um, but uh, someone else had posted on Ashley's um, post had written that this is, it, it doesn't just say gay and bisexual men, it says sex workers uh, fall mm. under that same category. And I think you've mentioned people that use um, intravenous drugs, for example. So it doesn't explicitly mm -hmm. just say no, gay and bisexual men. No, it or doesn't actually say gay men at all because a lot of people who have sex with men, men who have sex with men do not identify as gay. Um, and that's why they specifically say, if you're a man who's had sex with a man in the last three months, you cannot give blood. Mm. Um, and, and that's kind of the reason for it, because the risk of HIV getting into the, and it's also into, into the community by that route. And it's also, I do wonder the damage that this could do to the sort of the gay rights movement. You can kind of, if it so happened that we just said, right, we're relaxing all these restrictions, men who have sex with men, gay men, they want to give blood, that's fine, we're gonna let them and have no restriction at all on it. And then they do a study in a few years time, which shows that there have been cases of HIV transmission because gay men refused or were not prepared to abide by these guidelines, or these guidelines were changed as a result of pressure from uh, gay rights activists. You can kind of see the Daily Mail headline now, what it's gonna be and how damaging that could be to the gay community or the gay rights movement. So yeah, I mean, there's that aspect I would, to it I, as well. I, I I totally agree, but then I I would say that it's not a case of, with regards to equality, I would never say that that the the equality should go in favor of the gay the gay the gay gay rights activists in this case when it's the public health hmm. is at risk. I would say to make it more equal, you should be taking in more individual like we like you said earlier on, and I think that 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 to me is the stick sticking point in this is. If I was in, if I was, you know, in a relationship, which I know I'm not, but if I was in a relationship with my, <laughs> with my partner, and then you we definitely had, don't have sex for three months. I'll tell you that now. <laughs> You'd be uh, yeah, I, I could give as much blood as I wanted, but yeah. let's just say that if, as we're talking hypothetically, um, if we hypothetically had a very active sex life, then <laughs> I, <laughs> I still couldn't give blood versus. Uh, any other person in the world who um, who had you know if as a, let's just use a straight guy for example who I mean, had multiple sex partners in one week but mm -hmm. you know it, 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 to me it's it's not a case about you know gay rights we we should be able to give blood no matter what it's sort of like well actually do you consider that you know you know and to me it wasn't the statistic isn't I know you're saying about how you know historically the amount of people that have HIV. The, the statistic I brought up was for the for the, the the basis of you know people who 
but don't identify as gay and bisexual are still catching diseases at roughly the same rate, or definitely HIV, at roughly the same rate as other people. But this doesn't seem to be taken into fact that... Um, but the places where they're generally catching them and some of the situations where they're catching them, intravenous drug use, um, going on you know, to high-risk countries, using commercial sex workers, that is caught because that's in the questionnaire as well. So a lot yes. of those people who are going into your statistic about heterosexual transmission of HIV, they would still be caught up in this. They, the, the, the restriction which applies to gay men, the next question would apply to them and it would filter them out as well. Does yeah, this all I work on a trust basis? When you give blood, really, you're just answering the questions. Is that correct? I've never given blood before. Yeah, you basically... Um, you go through a questionnaire, there are a variety of exclusions, and if you're eligible, then you can go to a donation centre and you just donate. Okay. And then you can't So if you lied, you could donate. Period. Sorry? So if someone had made, like, gave misinformation, for whatever reason, I'm not saying, I, I don't know why people would do or wouldn't, but there's no evidence-based thing it's really just a questionnaire so you have to sell yeah it's a questionnaire and people could lie on it um if they traced back and if someone was found to have because i mean reckless transmission of hiv in this country is a criminal offense um mm -hmm. and certainly deliberate transmission of hiv is a criminal offense I don't know if they would try because they, they do keep a very clear record of exactly whose blood has gone into who which patient, um, partially because of all of this. So they could identify mm. if there had been an accident or something had happened because if it happens, they need to get that donor out of the donor network because when you start giving blood, they call you back because, you know, if you give blood, we want more of it because we'll use it. And mm. if we have yeah. a problem with one, then we need to get them out of it. Um, so... Blood traceability is very, very important and it's very, very effective. So we know exactly whose blood has gone into which patients and we know the minute that we started the transfusion and the minute that it ended because it's all documented and it's all traceable. Cool. Um, yeah. Do you... Oh, actually, no, yeah, we're getting... Gents, on that moment... No, I was about to say, Doug, yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. Thank you very much. Doug, thank you very, very much for thank being you on. So much. Um, we, there, I know there's so many more questions we've probably asked. We'll, you know, Tons. Well, yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Doug. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Oh, cool. Well, Doug, well, you have a great day. Go save lives. Go be a hero. <laughs> I'll see you um, <laughs> All right. Thanks. All right. Cheers, guys. Have a nice evening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Oh, Matt, there we go. We had another guest on the podcast. Um, I found that really interesting. I was really bored. You? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if it's if like, it's not RuPaul, if it's not RuPaul, you're not into it. Listen, you need to watch the season. It is very good. I have watched the season. <laughs> oh shit, you have. I keep... <laughs> you forget every week. <laughs> and I know about who was not eliminated this week. Ah. Um <laughs> Why do I keep forgetting this? I just feel like you're just really against RuPaul. I don't know. Well, anyway, anyway, such an interesting, interesting um, talk, and obviously, Doug, Doug, who listens, thank you, Doug, for being on. Um, Matt, you know what, what do you think? His, I think his voice is so sexy. Like you need really... to control <laughs> yourself. Did you hear, when he spoke the first thing? I was like, oh my god, it's so deep and so clear. I was like, wow, all my days. Apart from that, 
I thought, um, I had an idea in my head before we spoke just now, obviously, about giving blood. Mm. And I, didn't, I don't fully understand, obviously, all the rules about it and stuff. I just know that it's something that I'm not able to do. I haven't been able to do um, since my success of May, of March 2019 onwards, because um, there's been no bouts of abstinence. But after hearing what you had to say and, and just give a bit more understanding about the rules, the rules and regulations that are in place and, and why they test it, to me, it makes sense. It makes sense why there are some of these restrictions in place. And I definitely understand it a lot better to the point where I don't feel, I feel like unless there's a, um, a better way to allow more people to give blood, it makes sense to me that there are some of these provisions in place. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. I think coming at it, coming at it from uh, a non-medical point of view and as just a gay guy, I still feel a bit like outraged by the sort of screening process. Um, Doug did a great explanation of the importance of the screening process and I don't disagree that that should be in order because, you know, the, the health of other people should be priority and I totally agree that I just I think there should be like to me the imbalance of a, monog a monogamous partner versus you know somebody who has sex with loads of people it, there should I think there should just be a better screening process in place that makes it a bit more equal but the thing with like monogamy right for example is that if, if you and I were in a monogamous relationship, or we claim to be, no one actually knows Ooh. whether someone was, um, like, Ooh. committing infidelity, right? Yeah. So, you're, you're not only speaking for yourself, you're speaking on somebody else's behalf as well at this point. And I think that, I don't know whether that falls into it, but um, I think, I think it's, you don't know. You can only speak for yourself, right? Um, yeah, but then you, you don't, like... You, you, you get that that's not that's just not a gay person trait you know it's you know straight people have the same people has the same things as well yeah 100 yeah, like percent. and i don't know if it works in like um a straight relationship where their partner had traveled and then come back do you know what i mean and then had sex with you so say if you were straight in a straight relationship and your partner had gone to thailand and got a tattoo and had sex with sex workers and then came back and then had sex with you mm. um you know, it is one person removed, but I don't know if some of those rules still apply, you know? Yeah, 100%. I mean, and and it, that's, to me, it's the, it's the, it's these questions, the screen process is so flawed that, you know, for example, the scenario you just gave, um, it just, it's just mad. It's like, there's so many, you know, loopholes uh, that... It just seems to be that, in my opinion, gay and bisexual men <clears throat> are taking the blunt of what is a very improper and incorrect system of deciphering who should be able to give blood. I, I, that that's is. the only bit I probably wouldn't necessarily agree with. That's the only thing. And I think that it's a bit... Um, the only reason why I say that is I think, it, it, I think that kind of opinion, and this is me speaking heavily generalising... But it makes me think of like people that are protesting, like staying in and stuff. I think when you say taking the brunt, I think that comes from a place of privilege. That that's my only thing. I think that to be like somewhat, you know, victimized in that way, it's not because I would be less likely to say that we're getting the brunt of it because 
that's not true and it is three months it's not forever like it was if it was forever that's slightly different but i understand those rules don't apply to heterosexual people or people that identify in that way um but i, I wouldn't i wouldn't say we're taking the brunt of it to be fair like it's not affecting my life um you know but then you I'm, don't I'm, give blood and you never have so it that's you know you I, I know you said it's your opinion but i guess to me the frustration from my part is it, it's the, the this rule um which and i think the ban on giving blood is anyone who has any male who's had anal sex or oral sex of another male um it just spreads misconceptions about um it spreads misinformation fuels misinformation i can't even speak fuels misinformation and misconceptions about gay men and hiv it spreads it spreads the misconception that all gay mm. men are promiscuous not all gay men are and i think that's that's the problem that if you if you're start because you know we have uh gay men come with a certain you know weight on their shoulders where it is presumed that if you're a gay man i'm not saying this is right but if you're if you're a gay man is like well it must be having loads of sex every week or do you know what i mean it, it it you know you're a clubber you're a night party or in every every other weekend it, it and it's not true for everyone and i think what it does it, it fuels that um if you are a gay man that you're gonna you know have lots more sex than anyone else so more likely to catch and spread diseases and i think the sort of rules in place for giving blood and it, it just sort of it sort of spreads and spreads that misconception and also it then spreads misinformation because i do think and i think i don't i've made a note of it here and i don't have the the actual guidelines in front of me but i must have made a note of it for some reason but the guidelines for giving blood must also restrict people from from oral sex but oral sex you know there's a very low chance of catching hiv from oral sex so mm. it, again it spreads the misinformation that about hiv to people who might not know and then they just get on this bandwagon as well you know they, they don't know the rules so they don't know what to say it just to me it is, and it, and it, and I know you disagree, but I I thought about it maybe maybe did I choose the wrong wording, but gay men are taking a hit for something that isn't just down to gay men anymore, like as the statistic shows. People Do you are. Think it... Sorry, gone. No, so people people who are not gay are also having sex and spreading diseases. It is that you don't have to be gay to get HIV. It's not a gay. It's not a it's not what they used to call the gay cancer it's not just a gay disease mm. um and i totally got what doctors were saying is you know historically it is a lot more gay so the percentage of people with hiv not just new treatment but overall is higher which is fair but also street people out there having sex and street people out there having 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 you know spreading diseases but it's there's no ban on them for three months and I'm not saying that we we shouldn't have a ban on us. I'm saying the ban maybe should be for three months for everyone, or mm. better screening processes in place to say well, actually, you know, as a, you know, asking me as a gay man, have you had sex with your partner? Yes, I have. Um, have you had sex with other partners? I said that. No, I haven't. You know, as if anyone else coming to whether you're straight, you you would be answering that question without knowing if your other partner has been faithful or not, regardless of your gay or straight. So it doesn't, mm. to me, it, it doesn't matter. I just think if there's nothing else in place at the moment, and 
as Dr. Duggan said, that this change or these these rules or guidelines in place had shown positive results unless there is a way of doing it. Like you're saying, without it then, and I'm not saying that anyone's petitioning for it to be removed necessarily, but I think that the alternative would be an alternative, not like, okay, well, let's just take away this, you know, what Dr. Duggan called, you know, a blunt tool, which is fair to say. I just, uh, mm. I, it, it makes me understand it a bit better. I, I don't know whether we should or shouldn't look at, because what we are talking about and what we're talking about is just the gay men, but there are other guidelines. I don't know if they need to be looked at differently or the same as well. If you put them all together, because it did talk about the dentist, tattoos and piercings and all that sort of stuff and holidays, for example. Um, I don't know if you can or should just highlight one area out of all of the guidelines. Well, I think that the, the reason why this one area stands out for me is, you know, if you are traveling to your country, it's your choice to travel to the country. If you're traveling to, or you're getting a tattoo, you choose to get that tattoo. If you're using drugs, you choose to use those drugs. Being gay is not a choice and be it's not a lifestyle we opt in to do. Being gay is who we are and it's that 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 makes this one sort of field stand out from the rest. Mm. Because it it's also it's also the field that, you know, drug users can be gay or straight or whatever way they want to identify on the spectrum. People who get tattoos again can be gay, straight or whatever part of the spectrum they want to be. People who go to these foreign countries can be gay, straight. It, 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 I totally get that, you know, these people also get diseases and spread them on for for methods outside of sexual practices. But gay and bisexual men for their sexual practices are being targeted. Targeted is not the right word, but being ident you know, highlighted as problematic for giving blood for, mm. a, for to me, what is a prehistoric reason. Anyway, that's my opinion. <laughs> I need some water because I have just talked nonstop for five minutes and I'm like, gasping. Um, do you have anything else? You want to, I'm not going to say anything else. So do you have anything else you want to say on it? I do not. Hmm. I don't. Okay. But I'd be interested if anyone has any ideas or understanding um, alongside what Dr. Lugard said about uh, the rules around transgender people. I don't know if anyone specializes. Um, yeah, that was a very, in, that, I have to say. That was a very good question. And it's not something I even considered in my head. And I think it is a very good question to ask. I'm a genius. I'm a genius. I'm a genius. You, you have your moments. Yeah. Uh, it's not even something considered. <laughs> the dentist <laughs> one got me. I'm so interested by this dentist rule. I'm like a dentist for a week. And I'm like, because maybe you lose blood a lot of the dentist. And maybe then you have less blood to give. That's what I was thinking. But um, yeah. Anyways. No, nothing else to say. <laughs> Cool. Well, we had another exciting thing happen this week, didn't we, Matt? We did. We did. I actually had a shower before 12 o'clock and <laughs> I was uh, I was really excited about that because it's only about between 3 and 5 p.m. Um, mm. But there was one before midday, so that was really good. That was really good. I also, again, out of your craziness, I did an exercise today. <laughs> you did half an exercise so you posted on your instagram stories making out 
like you did the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and when you told me that, and then I saw the story, I was like, how dare you? Dare you? Know, like, <laughs> I, I, and no amendments were made, okay? And well, no, up... what, I, what I posted was the full workout. I did not complete the full workout. It was... You weren't even close to... Oh my God, so bad. So, so bad. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was still good though. Nice to sweat. Such <laughs> a lovely weather today on Sunday. Um but that actually wasn't what I was talking about. What I was talking about, Matt. Right? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> oh, fair. Um, we had... <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who cares if you shower before 12? Um, we had a lovely podcast review. And it comes from Young Gun 1993, the year I was born. Um, and it says, Best friends to be five stars i have started in fact you read it because you're better i was about that. to say yeah so he said best friends to be and gave us five stars and he said i've started divulging in this very late in the day but i've gone all in and started from numero uno and i believe number 72 has just been released i have now fully invested in these boys lives now on episode 10 within a week and it's been an emotional roller coaster fits of laughter mm-hmm. to some wet eyes they don't know it yet but they're my new best friends great company on my commute to and from work i am hooked they are thirsty bitches and i bloody love it oh yeah. he did say that he was drunk when he wrote that but i i do think it genuinely does sum up the podcast pretty well yeah, yeah i mentioned because i mentioned him today for some reason and he said that he was drunk and then he said but the alcohol brings out the truth because i was like i could see Aww. why you told all these lies and he was like no <laughs> so, thirsty yeah. bitches who, who is thirsty between us i'm thirsty now because i've just talked a lot but i don't think i'm a thirsty <laughs> bitch i think you go through phases and you're in your daddy phase um at the moment so one reason why you should look at the fbi top 10 <laughs> is because well, there are some <laughs> daddies dad days honestly i did i did look <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, there was one he caught my eye and I was like oh ding dong um, I think I know who it is it's the one who killed his wife and his child and burnt the house down and I was like oh, oh, I he's very he's like they said he's in very fit shape as well he's an outdoor which one is it I don't know his name uh, is oh um, F- Fisher is physically fit and an avid outdoorsman hunter and Fisher yes yes and then <laughs> they was him. <laughs> it was him yeah yeah, yeah I didn't I didn't I didn't read his crime Sort of for allegedly killing his wife and two young children. Oh, and then blowing them up in the house. Oh, dear. Listen, it's fucked. Nobody's perfect, I guess, right? Nobody's perfect. But you know what? This bitch can give blood. Am I right? Why? You're right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Do you know what? When you're looking at his profile pic, you know, looking at his profile pic, if you go to it, he's called Robert William Fisher, and he's on here. Um... He's unlawful, you know. You did not need to say his name, boy, because you know he can hear us and he's coming. He's coming. Okay. <laughs> well, good. He needs to be caught. But they did some, um, if you look at his pictures, like the second picture in, looks like it was taken tops off, XXL, you know, black and white. You can see this on this guy's scruff profile, 100%. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. And then they did like some, like they did some, what is it, like computer generated pictures of what he would look like now. And they'd give him a bit, bit of like a yeah. gray stubble. And I'm feeling it. I really am. I think it's the second, no, third from last where he's got like a bit of gray stubble. He's got the shave, you know, a bit of salt and pepper going on in the hair. I'm feeling it. Mm. I am. I'm going to, I'm going to print this off. I mean, it looks like he is missing a tooth, but um, <laughs> I don't mind. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm feeling and it. And they give you, because they give you, they give you their height and their weight. Um and things like that, and, you know, the year he's they were born. six so, foot. So you know. Yeah, yeah. He's um, a surgical catheter, catheter technician. Oh, he's a fireman. I'm feeling this. It's so this. good. I'm... <laughs> it's so 1960... good. 1961, what age would he be? Uh, 57. Well, you know what? 58. Ding dong. You're in that daddy phase. Dad... Hey, daddy. You can <laughs> you... burn my house down any day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my loins are burning now oh shit it's disgusting listen it's FBI <laughs> top 10 most wanted <laughs> yeah outrageous um, outrageous <laughs> um, so you can also we never really mentioned this I guess I don't know if we need to say it because people listen to our podcast but you can always catch us on Instagram and on Mondays now at honest underscore two underscore pod we're going to be posting our three favourite memes of the week uh so if you have any that you want to share with us that you think will make us laugh then you can um but you can yeah. also tell us which one is your favorite because mm. um we don't pick them in order we just say which is your favorite so that'd be something you could do as well i share I think... us and your lovely feedbacks and stories and all that jazz a hundred percent a hundred percent i mean i love a good meme god oh, they kill me sometimes did you see that video? I know it's not a meme, but did you see that video that I posted with that dip, like that bird? The verb. The bird. You didn't. You must have seen it now. What did you post? Oh, oh yes, him on the water and he's doing his little dance. It kills me. Absolutely killed me. But then, do you know what happened? Um, someone had posted because I, I put it onto my Facebook as well, and this guy um, who I know. Uh, had been like that bird has got like it's called pistocine but beak and feather disease and he was like the bird's not gonna last very long so I looked up and that bird <laughs> is fucking dying and I was like oh my god <laughs> this poor bird were, were you emotional I've been so emotional this week you know so I've been, I've, I was watching too hot to handle um which oh is obviously god. yeah do you know what right this is ridiculous so I love me some trash tv this one is a stretch because it's literally like I said it before. I think a mixture between The Apprentice and Love Island. Like the people are trash, absolute trash. But I started getting emotional. Like they do these workshops, um, and they had to like write on these pieces of paper, um, like basically, but their deepest, darkest fears and insecurities and feelings. And I was getting all welled up as because they were getting all emotional as well. And I was like, Ooh. Ben was sitting there being like, "God, this is rubbish." And I was, I'm at, you know, at work when they make you go and do those like self-help things and whatever blah 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 um i'm always all in like I, I i'm always all in in those things i love those like life coach things i really do unless i don't like the person if i don't like the person i won't enjoy it but if i like the person that's running it then i'm, I'm all in and i would have done that and cried cried four rivers all i'm saying is if ben is there and he's saying it's trash then that says something you know his tv taste is worse than mine right well, exactly, and he even he thinks it's trash, but you're there, 
like, oh my god, this is so emotional. No, he loves the show. He doesn't like the self help bit. He was very cynical oh, well, about that. Well, I mean that's not on like him. Um, anyone who wants to leave us a little review can. It's very simple to do. And do you know what? I figured out this week that I get, I get, I get. You have access as well, Matt, but I know you wouldn't look. The statistics <laughs> very much say that a lot more of our listeners listen on Apple Podcasts. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you're already halfway there to leave a review. I don't, you know, why not just go that extra little mi- minute longer and say like, hey, five stars, of course, ding dong. Then write a little thing like, hey, this is this and that is that and I like this and I didn't like that. We don't mind. We just want to hear about it. Isn't that right? I do. I really do. I'll even take four stars if I'm honest, but anything below that I will not accept. Mm. No, I'm sorry. I'll take five. I, I have, I have higher standards. I know Matt listens to Trash TV, and he might accept four, but no, I I only watch the best. And I yeah, I can't best. remember what show I watched, but the rating. Oh, it was called um, it's called oh my god, what's it called? Not Next in Fashion. There's a new one on Amazon Prime. Um, and it's about like uh designers, and I finished it all, like smashed it, and it had a rating of like six point one, four point nine, something like that, and I was like sold. Mm. Buy me you know four a series of these. This just do, give it to me now. I want it all. Do you know what I started watching this week? What? The X Files. Do you know what the X Files are? Of course I do. It had David Duchovny and what's her name, boy? Who's so funny? Gillian yeah, Andrew Anderson. Oh my god, she's so Anderson. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Gillian Anderson was voted, and I don't know if this is right or not anymore. But I think she was the very, very first FHM sexiest woman of the world. In the very first time, do you remember FHM used to be like the top two hundred sixty women in the world? Yeah, um, it used to be really? a massive issue. That came, yeah, she was the number first ever number one spot. Oh. I think that's right. I used to watch um, X Files when I was younger, but it used to make me really scared, so I couldn't. I couldn't watch it for very long. Um, I, I found yeah, it really, uh, really hard to watch. Let me tell you, as a thirty-four-year-old man, I am still bricking it when I watch it. <laughs> there, it's, the there music. Something, it's the music it's the music and you know it's all it's all 90s so it's x-files 90s i was i was chatting to my friend sean the other day and i was chatting about it. he's like oh is that like i mean you know he's 10 years younger than me so he would have been born 93 94 um nine ten years younger than me so he was born like the year this came out so he probably would never have been an x-files mm. kid and that's why i was asking because i know you're so youthful and i didn't know if you watched it or not but um, but uh, he was just like, "Isn't that UFO?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it is." I mean, it is so nineties, and it You're is so it together. great. No, no, no. Mum and I are watching it. Um, ah. and I honestly, some of the stories just give me like the heebie-jeebies. I get them, and I'm like, "Oh!" And I get mm. anything to do with aliens. I, I do actually think I have a fear of aliens, <laughs> and I think anything, and I I I get so nervous because I think I I mean. <clears throat> I don't know, but I I don't know about you, but I definitely believe that there is a life out there. And then I don't know if you noticed, but I posted this week about UFO footage released by the Pentagon, <laughs> and it made me shiver. Like I I get it, I don't get it. There was an episode which made me think about you, Matt. Um, there's an episode in X Files which is made me think about you, and it's called. Uh, deep through. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
If you think that reminds me, we've clearly never had sex, bitch, because I'm like... (laughs) 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 You are joking, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Oh, oh, I see what... You're so dirty-minded. Deep Throat (laughs) is the name of a character. He's a very mysterious character in it. Very, like, lurky around the corners. And it just made me think of you. Okay. When do I ever lurk? Bitch. No. Um, the other thing. What else? I have something else. The other thing I've been obsessed with this week um, is... Uh, um, just so you know, we didn't actually get to talk about my week because we had to jump into like. <laughs> this anyway, is why I'm regurgitating. This is why I'm regurgitating. I was like, what's going on? I'm like, oh god, I thought we were done. I'm gonna grab my tea. And they're going, Karen, you tell us, Moon. Tell us about your week. The other thing I was a big what started getting into this week is there's an island, and I think it's called the Sent- Sentinel Island or North Sentinel Island, which is in <clears> the the Bay of. So, Mumbai Bay of Biscay. Where? Bay of Biscay. Are you joking? I don't. Are you trying to make a no, joke? That, no, I'm not trying to make a joke at all. Why would you think that? I'm looking at. Do you know what I'm? Bay of Biscay. Um. Yeah, it's a place in the South Atlantic Ocean. Wait, what's the place called? Sentinel Island. No, it's not there. Anyways. Um. It's all about North Sentinel Island, and it's um, it's the Bay of Bengal, uh, off India, and it is the tribe where they they have not been affected. Like they've they've had no visitors in over two hundred years. This is a a tribe of humans that live in this island, and they kill anyone who comes to the island. Okay. So no wonder no one's gone there. <laughs> Sorry, what? I said no wonder one no one's gone there. Well, now it's apparently it's illegal to go there. This um, this Christian kid thought he would go there, and he wrote in his little journal and stuff, saying, "You know, if I go and they kill me, eh, don't um, don't blame them. I just think that it's it's my duty to spread the word of God onto them." This bitch rant lands up in a canoe and gets killed, and I'm like, "Well, and they won't like the the go- the government <clears throat> over the island is in an Indian government." And they've made it illegal to be within like five kilometers or five miles of it, um, of this island because they're like, let let these people be. They don't want us there. Just let them be. And I get that. I get that. I just I'm I find it so interesting that this tribe there and they do like for example, um, after like for the um, what do you call it? Oh, the tsunami, the tsunami of Boxing Day tsunami from two thousand and two was it or whenever that tsunami hit. <clears throat> They flew over the island to make sure that there was people there and they were still alive. But because this island is so cut off, they, you know, they the, the numbers of people there are reducing because there's nobody to populate the island anymore. Um, but then last night I was watching, it wasn't, I think it was Pat from Guinea. Last night I was watching this five-part YouTube thing and it talked about how this, these, this is another tribe that um, in, in New Guinea that are cut off from the world and they had never seen white people before. And the video, there's a video recording of it. And it's these, these people who are seeing these white people for the first time. And they, they start off the other side of the river and then they cross over to the, this side of the river. And like, they're touching, like they, they get too nervous to touch the white person's hand. And I'm just like, this is mad. Like, this is crazy that this is the world we live in. I mean, this is like in the eighties, but still I was like, Oh my God. 
But that's like there. Ireland, but the opposite, isn't it? Exactly. This exactly. <laughs> we're trying to cross the border, and I'll see somebody, and we're like, "Oh my god, can I can I touch? Are they real? Are they real?" Um, but yeah, I just I've been fascinated by that as well. This week has just been a riveting. Some might say riveting. Yeah, I can't find the words. <laughs> been that good. <laughs> I'm glad you had a good week on TV then. Yeah, and the other thing I want to start watching is... No, I love me some Aunt Middleton. Do you know who Aunt Middleton is? Who? Aunt Middleton? No. Right. Are you on your laptop? Yep. Or go on your, go on your phone and search Aunt Middleton. I I love me some Aunt Middleton, and I think you'll see why when you see him. Oof! He's a soldier. Do you know what... I, He's SAS, but S X S A S. Oh my goodness! Anyway, <gasps> oh my, oh wow, yeah, I see. Mm. Just, I mean, I'm just drawn to him, <laughs> but um, he seems like a he very intelligent. Has, <laughs> he uh, he does have a couple of books out. I have to say, his book I, I've read his first book, and it is really really good. I've not read the second one, but I will read it. <clears throat> and they are very good books. But he has a, he's a show called. SAS Who Dare Wins or something like that and there's a I would absolutely just... never watch anything like that in my life ever why absolutely not you're in the deep. no um, so SAS Who Dares Wins is out now and people like Joey Essex is on it it's a celebrity edition um, hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on you said you don't watch reality TV shows and you think all of these things are terrible and now you want to watch a show with Joey Essex I'm watching a show with Aunt Middleton and the SAS because I actually genuinely think that I was cut out to be in the SAS. Um, and so I'll be watching it for tips. That's good, yeah, because you did your exercises, remember? And then you had to give up halfway through because you couldn't breathe. <laughs> uh, Do you remember that time? Do you remember? I, I vaguely remember that time. I mean, you're probably uh, delusional all the time. So much air not getting to your heads because of the breathing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You are, you are just, you're just, you're such a witch. Here I am trying to be positive. Trying to be positive. Um, you're just mad contradictory, gonna... boy. You're mad contradictory. You watch some trash I... reality TV show and you have the audacity to judge me and my tastes. I don't have trash TV choices. I don't, I very rarely watch reality TV and I will watch this because it's been recommended. Like I, like I said to you, I will watch this season, even though you forget I will watch this season's RuPaul because you've asked me to. I didn't ask you to. Uh, you Excuse me, it'll be on this podcast so many times where you've said, Bear girl, you need to watch RuPaul. This season is so good. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, I am watching this season's podcast because you told me to watch it. Um, it's a very good so season. There you go. It is. I have, I have my favourite. Who's your favourite? Well, whenever I watch my trash drive TV shows, uh, I, I think I've said it before as well. I have a rule. So after the first episode, you must pick one person who you think will win. And I pretty much always exclusively never get it right or even close, to be fair. Uh, but it helps me then focus. It's like, you know, like sports betting or something like, you know, at least you've got someone to, to back. So it makes it that a little bit more interesting. And my pick yeah. is Jackie Cox. So, I mean, I love Heidi. She's funny as hell, but she's going to go next week for sure. Um, no, so Heidi's Cox, my favorite. <clears throat> Well, I mean, you say that as if, like, that is most people that watch the show. Like, you can just chill. Um, Heidi is fucking 
hilarious. And I feel bad now. After the first episode, I was like, this bitch is going first. She's a terrible drag queen. Ever since that moment on, she's just so funny. So Ooh. funny. Her drag, Heidi, but her in that competition yeah. of the makeover was really bad. But she posted on her Instagram being like, oh, this is the outfit I wanted us to wear. But I guess for whatever reason, um, they weren't able to use the stuff that she brought. And I think it, um, she, she she brought stuff that was better, but she had to make do with what she had because um, they weren't able to, to wear it. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. But Heidi's good, yeah. So, but um, Jackie Cox is, is my pick to win, and she will go either next week or the week after. So I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was for anyone who's not watching, you might want to cover your ears now for the next thirty seconds. But that was a tough dance off because I Jack, Jackie Cox to me is probably my second. And I think I just I just think she's brilliant, and I was like, oh god, I don't want any of them. So that's whenever Rue was like, girl, Shantae's you stays. I was like, oh god. I loved it. Well, because Jackie Cox did lose that lip sync. To be fair, um, she did. She did lose that lip sync. Lip -sync. Yeah, um, she wasn't I, bad. Was, I, Crystal Crystal Method is that the one that dressed up? Rubbed, rubbed. The bitch was rubbed. rubbed. Look, Jada is an excellent drag queen. I think she's one of the best drag queens that have been on RuPaul's Drag Race. I mean, from like top to bottom. She reminds me of this one called um, Trinity the Tuck, where she's just an absolute professional. Like, that's what she's you polished. see with her. Polished. She is, like, she doesn't do anything wrong. She is, a, like, literally, as they say, she is a woman. Like, she is a professional. <laughs> Crystal Method should have won that by far. By mm. far. Um, so that was really surprising. She was rubbed. She was rubbed. See, see, when I seen them do that yellow makeup, I was like, what the fuck? Mm. What the fuck? And everybody else was giving the shade eye looks like, what the fuck are they doing? But when those two walked out, I was like, nailed it, nailed it. Mm. And somebody else, somebody else said it was very fashionable. And I looked at it and I thought, that looks so good. It was fashionable. It, it was. It wasn't a mess. It, was, it still looked fashion. It was on it. Mm. Yeah, mm. but she was rubbed. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I think we should wrap up, Matt, unless you had something else you want to talk about. No, I was hoping we would have wrapped up about 15 minutes ago. <clears throat> Well, I had to talk about my week. You just had to, didn't you? But the X-Files are I great. Had to get them. The X-Files are good. It is good. And I, rem I remember so many episodes from a kid. I remember. I also remember as a kid watching it with my mum. So it's sort of weird that here we are, like 20 odd years later, re-watching it together. Because my sister was always too scared. So she'd never watch it. So always just me and my mum. And I used to piss myself, like, out of fear. But I used to always watch it. Because I'm easily scared as a human being. Like, regardless of jumps or anything. I am easily scared. I had to get up and pee in the middle of the night one night this week and I was so scared to go to the toilet. And I, I'll stop it. Because I, I know because I, I for example, because what happened, I remember not that many years ago, like when I first moved back to Ireland from being in London, I remember I, I'd walked to the bathroom and whatever way the blinds in the hall sit, it used, to, it, look, used to look like there was a figure in our front garden and it was just whatever way the shadow cast across the, the wall. And I remember, because I didn't have my glasses on, I couldn't see. I just seen this, what looked like a, a head and two shoulders outside the window. And it freaked me out, you know. Bitches behind, killers everywhere. The killer is everywhere. There could be a the killer anywhere. And it could be in my front garden. It could be in your back garden. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, you have a lovely week, Ashley. Yeah, you too. I will. I will. I have no plans. Oh, and 
thanks everyone for listening and uh like matt said be good to hear your thoughts on anything that we've talked about today um yeah be good thanks um right. enjoy the rest of your exercise ashley oh my legs need to rest now for a couple of weeks i think <laughs> all right bye all right. bye bye everyone <laughs>